This is the 10-Minute Contrarian Podcast. This is VP. We're a solutions-based podcast, diving into the world of contrarian investing and alternative finance. You can find us hosted on the No Nonsense Forex YouTube channel, nonsenseforex.com, and podcast players everywhere. Episode 102 is brought to us by Blueberry Markets. As we've spoken before, this is the broker that gives you absolutely everything, especially if you go through my affiliate link. Now, to do that, you go down below and click the link to the blog, which tells you all you need to know, and then you click the link on that blog, and what you will get is the ability to trade Forex, metals, indices, crypto, the top 50 traded American stocks, all right there on MT4 or MT5. And if you are a trading view trader, then that's fine. Just do what a lot of us do and make your charting on one platform and then trade on a different one. With the level of ease and customer service that Blueberry Markets give you, you're not going to want to go anywhere else. Unless you are inside of the United States, then unfortunately you cannot trade with Blueberry Markets, but I do have a great one for you down below as well. Click that link and check it out. It is the 10-Minute Contrarian Podcast, and this is another one of those episodes that started out as a blog. And then I look down at my notes, and I'm just like, man, there is so much here. <laughs> so let's just make this into its own episode, um, because even though this might seem a bit extreme and a bit eccentric, uh, a real case can be made here for your government. And in this particular episode, I'll be talking about the United States. But keep in mind, all governments look around the world to see what other governments are doing, to see what works and what doesn't. You know, unfortunately, a lot of them are doing this with China, and nobody wants to live like that. But whilst a lot of nations are condemning what China is doing, at the same time, they're looking at it and they're taking notes. You know, we've said this before, what governments want to do more than anything is to stay in power. And you do that by making sure that your citizens cannot fight back, and the best way to do that is to control them as much as possible. Now, on top of this, when it comes to things like crypto, and to a lesser degree, probably gold, is you don't get to keep your currency flowing as much as you did before with these alternative streams of income. And the more ridiculous, stupid, and careless your government is when it comes to your own currency, so I'm looking at places like Nigeria, Argentina, Lebanon, then the more your citizens are going to want to seek other avenues and the worse that is for your own currency. So I do understand the desire to put controls in place. I certainly don't like it or approve of it, but I understand why it's there. And with all the crazy printing that most of these nations did, uh, combined with a new financial ecosystem in crypto that's here now, uh, they're really in trouble and they know it. And they need to scramble to do whatever they can now to get ahead of this to make sure it doesn't snowball into something really, really bad for them. Remember, I've said this before, the links we have gone to in the United States over the years and the atrocities globally that we have committed just to keep the oil flowing and to keep the United States dollar as the number one reserve currency in the world has been extraordinary. So don't ever sit back and think, oh, they wouldn't do that. That would be stupid. No. <laughs> whatever you think they would do, whatever the worst thing you think they would do to control your money is probably minor compared to what they would actually do. And again, if you're outside of the United States, don't think you're safe. You, know, you either have a country that has already cracked down on this, or you have a country that's looking really closely at what other countries are doing, uh, because this whole crypto thing especially is really, really a threat to them. Because even as few as a, like a 5 or 10% exodus in a country's fiat currency is, is nightmarish in a situation they are going to want to avoid. Um, but they need to convince the people that whatever they're going to do is a good idea. Uh, and generally, they're quite good at it. 
I mean, we've seen in the last, uh, let's say, few years that if governments uh, through the media they control can scare you enough, then they can get the majority of you to agree on pretty much anything. You know, it's pretty spooky, their ability to still be able to do that. But it's there. And their initial efforts are very slight and very minor. Like right now, the biggest thing in the United States when it comes to combating crypto is money laundering. Uh, Now, I've made fun of this on Twitter before. Now, do people use crypto to money launder? Of course they do, yeah. Uh, Do they use it to steal money from other nations? Uh, We're told they do. I've always been a little bit skeptical on that, but I'm sure it does happen somewhere. Uh, But it's so funny when they bring it up because uh, the citizens of any country uh, really don't care about other people laundering money. That's only something that governments care about. And so I've always thought it was funny when they try to push that ideology on us. And when they do, I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, guys, look out. Don't step outside your homes. There's money launders everywhere, and they're out of control. Like, nobody cares. Um, But I do try to see it from their side as well. And I guess their big concern is people using it to fund terrorism, or that is still the narrative going on right now. Uh, And again, that's a tough sell in the United States, um, because as much as it was a thing... 20 years ago, uh, we really didn't see any foreign terrorist attacks on our soil apart from the one, and that one's been in question ever since it happened. So again, if you're trying to scare us by bringing up the whole money laundering terrorism thing, then that's not really working either. You know, they're really going to have to step up their game from a propaganda standpoint. And if that means creating a situation that didn't exist before, then that is what they will probably do. I'm sure it won't be the first time they've done that. So when I talk about these situations uh, regarding uh, confiscation or uh, heavy controls put on things like crypto and gold, uh, don't dismiss them. You know, don't sit back and say, oh, that'll never happen. You know, don't be the anti-conspiracy guy who just thinks nothing bad ever happens and you can trust everybody all the time and all of their motives are pure for some reason. Don't be that guy. Uh, Because as we've seen, things have not gone your way this entire decade. And I do think this decade is going to get crazier, and governments will have to raise the stakes to get their way. So this entire episode was inspired by some of the work I've seen from Doomberg. If you're unfamiliar with Doomberg, he is incognito, like myself, and uh, but he is represented by a green chicken. And uh, he does really great work in terms of finance and especially energy. Like uh, He is one of the few substacks that I actually pay for, and his, his information is absolutely worth it. Um, Now, I don't like to take that paid information and put it out on my free podcast. I don't like that. Um, But he does do a lot of interviews uh, for free and will reiterate a lot of what he puts in the Substack. you know, maybe a week or two later. Uh, And he was just a guest on the Jeremy Lin Show. Now, if you're uh, you're unfamiliar, I'm going to give you some sources here. I've already given you like 85 of them and people still ask me. So let's not do that anymore. Um, But if you aren't familiar on YouTube, uh, Kitco News was a great resource for a long time and still is. Um, I was actually on that show with Jeremy Lin. If you go to nononsenseforex.com and click on Conversations with VP, uh, I have that video on there. It's one of the stranger episodes I think they've ever done, uh, just in terms of the overall look and feel. Um, But I can say I've been on Kitco, and I think that's great because I love that show. And uh, two of the anchors that were there branched off and started their own thing. Now, uh, Daniela Cambone went to Stansberry Research. Uh, and I'm sure got paid very well for it because pretty much all of her videos are in the 300K on up range in terms of views. 
Uh, and she has pr- pretty much the same level of guests on her show that she did on Kitco. And then Jeremy Lin took his uh, stacked address book and took his talents to his very own YouTube channel. And now that thing's right at about 80K subs. I think I should look. Yeah, it's getting there. And so now we also have those two shows to watch if we want to. And as far as Kitgo goes, the, uh, the cougarlicious Michelle McCory has taken over that one. Uh, so now we have three really great resources in terms of shows that get the top interviews in the contrarian space, which we really like. So if you were not aware before, those are three really great YouTube shows that are now there for your enjoyment. Uh, but anyway, Doomberg was on Jeremy Lin's show. And I will link this down below in the description. And what's great is you can just go kind of to the two-thirds mark. It's all done in chapters. And you can go straight to the parts I'm referring to. Um, but what's great about Doomberg is he's able to come up with things that your run-of-the-mill interview guest is not, especially on energy. I mean, this guy's Substack always delivers. And his interviews do too. You know, in this space, his ability to think outside the box is really unparalleled. And what, what he came up with uh, is something that a lot of people would dismiss but is so plausible if you think about it. And if you consider what I just talked about in the first six minutes of this podcast. And that is the possibility of, at least in the United States, crypto becoming very, very heavily regulated. As in, he, what he said is there's going to be two cryptos. There's going to be one that you can use outside of the United States and one that you can only use inside of the United States. So if you want to buy something on Amazon or use any kind of American service or you know, even if this thing goes mainstream and you start using it in a store, you won't be using the classic Bitcoin, for example. You're going to be using a United States version of it. So that way they can have their hands in the pie. They can control it. They can tax it. They can profit off of it you know, because they can't do that now. But they also know they can't get rid of it. And this whole Operation Choke Point 2.0 thing may not work the way they want it to. So they're going to need a contingency plan. And if successful, they can kind of have their cake and eat it too. And then the privacy and freedom that crypto has brought to our lives will no longer be there in its full capacity. And don't think just because we might have a regime change here in 2024 that this could be any different. There are very pro-crypto candidates out there. But this whole allow it and then put a ton of restrictions on how we use it is that magical compromise that most politicians are looking for. Because like I said before, you can't have all this money leave your country. It's not a big deal when only 1% of the population is using it, but as that percentage grows, you know, things could certainly get out of hand. So in other words, if you're in the United States and you wanted to buy something on Amazon, for example, or go to Walmart and buy something, you can use Bitcoin, but you can't use BTC. You would have to convert that into US BTC, uh, you must have already filled out all of the KYC, anti-money laundering, anti-privacy data. And then and only then can you use your BTC to buy something. And you know all of these American corporations are going to get on board with that. They were compromised a long time ago. Now, if this doesn't rile you up enough, let's turn it over to gold, which is a little more of a, uh, a nightmare scenario. Now, as many of you know, they did confiscate people's gold before, and they didn't bring it back for another 35, 40 years, if I recall. Uh, And the majority of people, the vast, vast majority of people, complied with this. You know, the government bought it back from them. And nobody wants to break the law and put themselves and their family and their career at risk. You know, everybody's all rah-rah privacy and sovereignty right now. But if any of these scenarios actually play out and very real things are on the line now, you know, most people are going to comply. And governments know that. And so this will be worth doing. 
Now, in the terms of gold, what Doomberg brought up was uh, the, kind of the propaganda that would be behind something like this. Now, we all know, um, especially if you've listened to the show, that places like China and Russia have been stockpiling gold. And it's probably not for no reason. They are planning on using this. Russia is already using it in some capacity. Actually, China is too. And if you think this whole global war thing has already reached its peak and it's only downhill from here, I'm going to have to take the other side of that argument. I believe things will get a lot crazier. And at that point, we get to paint Russia and China as our sworn enemies. If we haven't tried to do that enough already, it's going to really magnify once something like this happens. And so if you are a gold holder, you now, by proxy, support the enemy. And you're like, well, that's absurd. People wouldn't fall for that. Well, it doesn't matter if they, quote, fall for it. Most people don't hold gold. Remember, we're one in two percenters in this world in terms of the way we protect our own assets. So what are they going to care? Sure, they'll support it. And now you have a very difficult choice to make, don't you? And I will say, too, we've spoken about all the many ways to hold gold. And if you hold them in the form of a paper ETF or even digitally, then this is going to be a bit easier to track. You know, I've said this before with crypto, you know, pay your crypto taxes because it doesn't matter if they can find you now. In three to five years, it's going to be very easy and they can go as far back as they want. Now, your response to this might be like, well, you know, most people don't even support these wars we have going on overseas. And you're probably right about that, especially right now. However, if you're American, does this opinion change at all? If there's an actual attack on your soil, I'll bet it does. It did before. All right, so enough of this depressing talk. Let's get to the solutions side of things. Most of you should already know and be aware of what I'm probably going to say. And it's like anything, the best solution to all of this going on in the world is to create as many options for yourself as humanly possible. It's all about options. And we've talked about what those options are. Spreading your money out in as many places as possible making sure you have access to things onshore and offshore alike. This does take a bit of effort, a bit of time, and a bit of money. Uh, But I'm telling you firsthand, the peace of mind is extraordinary. Now, I don't know at the end of the day if even people like me, who have taken these measures several times, are also going to end up in a world where I'm stuck with no options. I certainly know that's possible, uh, but I'm trying to lower the probability of this Even though the fact that I'm an American citizen and don't have any designs on giving up my American citizenship might end up coming back to bite me. But I at least know I will have options available. Now, we're already deep enough into this podcast where I don't feel like I need to go over those exact options again. We've gone over them so many times in previous episodes, and I'm sure we will go over them more in future episodes. So if anything, just let this be a wake-up call and a bit of a motivator for you to take action now as opposed to later when everybody is scrambling. You know, we get constant reminders of this too with these bank runs. The difference between the people who got ahead of this and took action early on, preventative action, all of a sudden become in a completely different position than those who did not take any action and who are now forced to scramble. Because sometimes it's a where there's smoke, there's fire situation, but there are other times where these things can happen so fast that 99% of the world is caught completely off guard. So you have to ask yourself, would you rather be seen as crazy now or early later?